Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning, the following is the officially sanctioned podcast about the show about four lifelong friends who compete to embarrass each other in public. You know the one. The official and practical Jokers podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the official and practical Jokers podcast. We're back. Third episode. Yes. Our continuity is incredible. Yeah. It's one, like, two, three. Sometimes podcasts, like, you know, they fizzle out, but we've made it. Everyone's done one. Mm-hmm. Everyone and their mother's done two. Oh, gosh. About a handful of people have done three podcasts. I know. I mean, we're incredible. Congratulations, Casey Jost. And James McCarthy across from me and Danny Green. Hey, guys. Danny, I want to I just you know, give you some shout out because you ask some really in-depth questions, and I'm glad you're here. Well, thanks. I try to bring a cerebral level to the podcast. Mm. Wow. Ooh, cerebral. La di da. That's the biggest word we'll have all night. Okay. Speaking of words, uh, word up to this episode. It was incredible. What a good episode. One of my favorite, one of my favorite Joe punishments Uh, ever. And we're going to get more on that later on. We're going to have Chris O'Neill who played Aladdin or Taj in the (laughs) punishment. We got Chris O'Neill on the show. Chris O'Neill from Book of Mormon. Yeah. That's so cool. So yeah, that was like a dude that you saw in the punishment and he was, you know, such a big force and like he brought in that audience. He did so much. So we're going to talk to him later. We'll save it for that. But really though, it was like my favorite Joe punishment ever. It's so good. It's It's one of the best. It's my favorite. It's honestly my favorite Joe punishment. It's up there, man. I don't, him disciplining kids earlier this year was a really good one. There's a lot of, even strip high five. I mean, Strip high five. I mean, that's amazing. But strip high five is such a good idea. <laughs> I know it's great. We'll we'll go. We'll get into that later. But let's go into the episode a little yes. bit. First bit was this. This challenge was the text and Murr's hair. Oh yeah, Murr's hair. That's it's right. Back. It's not going anywhere, guys. It's gonna be here for the rest of the season. It. That's like the headline. Yeah, headline. Yeah. Yes, the hairline. The hairline. <laughs> Every week. It is insane. It's the gift that keeps on giving or the pun that keeps on giving. And it it really brings this whole show to another level of insanity that like he's like manipulating his body in such a way like his image is changing for the rest of the season. And he's been doing this now. Like we're we're like in the midst of filming. You're just seeing it. And you guys at home, he hates it. I don't know how much of it's always gonna make it into the cut. It is itchy. Uh-huh. He takes it off every chance he can get because it's it just like, I don't think it's making him break out in a rash. 
or anything like that yet. But it's like he's done some things which are going to come up later in the year, which he shouldn't have done in the wig, and it's made the wig worse for the wear. Yep, you'll see. It is fantastic. We're not going to give you any spoilers, but you'll see what that means. Ah, it is so good that he has to wear this all year. And it's and it's. I love how much the other guys love it. Like that's it's a it's a punishment that keeps on coming because it's it's the guys are just laughing the whole time at the fact that he looks this way. We could get. The saddest news right before the day starts, and then that wig, which doesn't happen, but we could, in theory, oh, yeah. I guess. Sure. Yeah. And then the wig comes out of its little case <laughs> and creeps up onto his head, and it just brings a smile to everybody's face. When the wig is in the room, you smell it first before you see it. And Murr was right what he said last week. It does have a smell. Yeah. And now that smell has combined with other forces. What would you say it smells like at this point, Case? Um, well, at this point right now, yeah. I think it smells a little bit like makeup because like you know the, the, <laughs> yeah. they put a little bit of makeup on myrrh and that just like rubs into it. Yeah. Um oh, see that's just the north south offices. Oh I, yeah, we're in the offices. We are taking a break from work or are we working right now? It's I hard don't to know. say what we're doing. You're the boss, you tell me. Uh, uh yeah, maybe. Can I get a raise when we work? Yeah, Danny, can we get raised? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, you got it. Great, fantastic. I, I have a question about yeah. the wig. Who is responsible for bringing the wig to set? Is it a hair and makeup person? Is it Murr? Is there somebody whose only job it is to make sure it gets there and back? Great Somewhat. question. It is uh, Lily Beth Gonzalez. Yeah, Lily Beth Gonzalez, who does the makeup. I mean, to say that she's, she has like kind of the best job in the world because like there's not much makeup that goes on the guys. But then, you know, we'll have some punishments here and there that need like extreme, like on extra. Yes. like to put stuff on and that's where she's really earning that paycheck but now yeah when you she, see like Jeannie, uh, like in the punishment yeah. for genie joe yeah. yeah so in this episode she's painting his entire body and then you're like oh okay that's she works hard for the yeah. money and it's like maybe the best job in the world or maybe the worst one now that she has to take care of that wig yeah. all the time and that wig is so gross right and it's like the nuclear football that she's got to carry around Ugh. with her like she it's like handcuffed to her wrist she's got to bring it mm-hmm. home all the time it lives in her bedroom Right. Terrifying. I, what was the interview process like? Was was it like, oh, so, you know, what are your what's your background? And she was like, oh, I went to cosmetology school or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, great. You're just going to wipe Joe Gatto's lip sweat. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. I, yeah, she was like, I got paper towels. I'm in. <laughs> she was like, I'm down. I Let's love do these it. guys. She's a delight. She's, she's so fun. So this first challenge I want to go into right away. Uh, oh, yeah. It is so fun. This text, we, we, would we call it text interpreter? Uh, we never know the names of them anymore. I, I want to say that you're right. But it's a I, texting challenge. It's a texting challenge, yeah. This is what happened. They're in the food court. Right. Uh, somebody's sitting down. A joker goes over and goes, hey, there's going to be like this deal. You're going to win some th- contest or some prize. Right. All I need is your phone number. Uh, if anyone does this to you, avoid <laughs> Because things like this happen. Yeah, and then so they have their number so they can text them. We've done it in small ways in the past. Like Sal got somebody's number and he was working as a receptionist. And Mm -hmm. then the guys sent texts for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They always wanted to play this game at a cell phone store. We've just had a hard time getting one. Right. Uh, they don't want us in there. So then we did. they decided to do it in the mall. Which is, I think, a better place. Yeah, it worked out. It was incredible. It was so fun. And then... It's it's this wonderful way of incorporating technology into mm-hmm. the the voice of the show, and so the show is you know in its purest form, if I may, just you know four friends telling each other what to do, basically embarrassing each other, being a puppeteer, being a master of the other person, yep. controlling what they're doing in some way. Yeah, and when you take the control out of their hands, like they did last night, yeah. the guy just has to sit there and take it, and there's nothing he can do. Yeah, but walk away, which none of them did. They all took it. 
he's not the one sending it, but it looks like he is. And that's, that is such a fun concept. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, as if you, you know, released it like a, like a fart bomb while the guy's standing there. And then it looks like it's that guy, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, that's the same concept. Yeah. It's like, it's like Sal being, uh, when they're playing porn sounds over Sal's computer. Exactly. Or bullhorn where they're holding the bullhorn and there's another voice coming out, but it looks like it's their voice. This is those kind of games. And I love that. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, did you have a a favorite quote from the episode? I've got one. If you don't got one. Oh, you you do yours first. I think it was, uh, when Joe was on the floor Uh and they sent out the text that was, uh, they first sent out the herpes text. Oh, that's great. It's like how to date someone with herpes. But then the follow-up text is what really made me like Mm -hmm. just die laughing where I was like, uh, oh, sorry, I meant to send it to my mom's boyfriend. Right. It's like they need to give their mom's boyfriend like dating advice on how to date their mother who has herpes, I guess is what he's saying yeah, yeah. when they send that text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sometimes happens on the show where they basically feed a situation that is just un- un- like improbable. And also, just how nice are these people that they're texting, by the way? Mm-hmm. All these people in the food court that are getting these bizarre texts and are just like... They have a smile on their face. Everyone always asks us, like, do the guys ever get punched when we're filming? Yeah. And they haven't yet. But that guy, he was so nice. And then the big switch when he called him a fool, oh, he yeah, was like, just look. get the pretzel fool. Like, that was such a good turn because, it, you know, it, it's real. Like, if someone did that to me, I, you know, because it's already presumptuous that this person's doing this. And then to, like, kind of insult in this way changes every text that came before it. You know, even if it seemed like it was fun before, then when he says fool and then you look back and you're like, he's asking me to buy him a pretzel. This is disrespectful. And I, that guy, I love watching a show where I'm like, I would handle that similarly. Yeah. And I think that guy and I are best friends. That's always interesting to like think about how you would handle a situation. Mm. In both ways, whether like you're in the Joker's shoes or in the Marks. Uh, in the Joker's shoes, I know I would walk away a lot sooner than they would. Who do you think you're most like? On the, the show? Floor? Yeah. Like if you were out on the floor in this challenge, let's just take this one. It's tough. I, here's the truth though. Like whenever, so when we're on set and we're listening, like we all have like earphones in and sometimes I can't listen because it's like too cringeworthy and I pull my like earphones out. Yeah. Just because I'm like, I can't. I can't yeah. deal with this anymore. Wow. Yeah, I know. And like, I can't wow. watch them do this. I didn't person. know that about you. I know. It's tough. I think maybe in that way, Sal, but when like watching the show before here, I'll say this before I started working here, I felt like it was Q mm. that was like, I'm like, Oh, I would do it like that guy. Cause he's kind of just like, he tries to find like that shortcut, like steamroll, get, yeah. get right to the front. Get in, get out. Yeah. He's like, let me do it or not do it. But like, I gotta, I gotta get in there. Exactly. What about you? I don't know. The way Joe handled it, it was interesting. <laughs> like he just got defeated and then like called it out. Like she yeah. came over. I love when Joe Gatto does like the Joe Gatto recap where he's like, just a recap. And then he just says the thing that had happened, but it's so much funnier out of that, like Italian voice. Yeah. yeah. Joe is like the goal. It's my goal is to get to be right. the Joe Gatto. Cause he just owns everything. Mm-hmm. He's never at, he's never embarrassed. Right. You can do anything to him and he's just going to be like, Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, they already told you about my mom, the herpes and the boyfriend and then this. And he's like, and you yeah. still didn't reply. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay, I, yeah, great. And that response, her response is amazing where she's like, uh, I didn't know what to reply. There's nothing to reply to that. I love that. It's fantastic. Yeah. If I, if that happened to me, if I got that text, I think this is the kind of person I am. I constantly think that somebody's trying to take advantage or murder or, or steal something from me. (laughs) 
you know, especially like growing up in New York City, if someone comes up to me and they're like, hi, do you have a second to talk about, you know, human rights? I'm always like, oh, what are you trying to take from me? Is this <laughs> someone else going to come and take my wallet? Like, I assume the worst out of everyone. That's, that's like just every New- day. Yeah, that's a constant. That's a New Yorker. That's the way I live in fear. Uh, and therefore, if someone else is like, hey, can I get your number for a thing? I would be like, no way. You can't have my cell phone number because then you'll get you'll hack my phone and then you'll take my identity. And pretty soon you'll be walking around in my clothes. And I like my clothes. Great. So you just answered your cell. I'm sad. That's Sal. Okay. That's You're exactly right. Sal. Fair enough. Yeah. So then the next challenge, uh, they're in the supermarket playing a, one of my favorite games, a game that was originally come up from John Zaluga, one of our yes. producers. Yeah. He came up with it, pitched it to the guys, and the guys loved it. And then they kind of, you know, they they always like kind of put their spin on it. And it's like the, they're, they're backwards and they have to throw it backwards. They make it more of a fun game. Yeah. I think Zaluga originally had this idea when he was watching the movie Animal House. Uh-huh. And there's a scene where. I think it's Belushi and Flounder are walking through a supermarket or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the cafeteria and like he's just throwing food over his shoulder and Flounder's catching it all. And right. that's like where this started. That's and so obviously funny. now the distance, if you remember the scene from Animal House, the distance is now much greater in mm. the Joker's playground where it's like they're throwing it across like a whole aisle instead and it, of right over the shoulder. It would be a fine game if it was just throwing food, but... There's this other level of taking food from someone else's cart yep. and then having to throw it and then to catch it. It's actually uh-huh. very complicated if you had, like explained it, but I, th- I think it's so worth it because he got to you know take. That's the other thing is we yeah. do these intros for every single challenge. Sometimes it's hard to break down what the game is. You know, like even two-way mirror, it's like to explain all that's happening there. Like the light, like you know, it's going to be out. You can't see, and when it comes back up, you have to not laugh. There's like all these rules. The intros are so hard to write. Yeah, we would have all been fired off of the intro writing because they're so hard to explain. And like the guys are just like, no, it's this simple, and then like they'll break it down, and it's like, okay, it's exactly like this. So this is the second time we played this game over mm-hmm. the shoulder. Couple things I noticed about this, by the way, Murr's wearing a Santa shirt. Just something I've noticed as a theme. This is the third episode in a row that Santa's been mentioned or observed in the oh, show. Man. It was, uh, Sal looks like, would describe himself as a Puerto Rican Santa. Right. Then Joe said that he used to dress up like Santa outside of the synagogue. Whoa. And now Murr's wearing a Santa shirt. So next week it's James. Gonna be, it's nice. Going to be cute. And it's not even like we're filming in like December. I know. Yeah, we're not. It's this not is like me- summer. Yeah. That we're filming. Um, yeah, this bit, I mean, the biggest thing that happened to this and one of my most favorite moments maybe on the show is that watermelon. I mean, I, I got so excited with that watermelon toss. And honestly, I think as a, as like a fan of the show, I'm watching it being like, why would Joe do this? Like, why would Joe make it harder for himself? He doesn't have to pick that. He could pick an easier thing, but you know that Joe wants to do that because he's joe gatto he's joe gatto and he's like i want to win with a watermelon like i want i love this contest i want to win and i think he on the back of his mind goes if we lose with it it's an incredible loss (laughs) you know it's joe gatto yeah if it was easy everyone would do it Mm -hmm. that's like he doesn't want to like he's not throwing q-tips he's not throwing toilet paper yeah the watermelon was off the charts it's one of the best like teases we've ever had where he throws it over his shoulder. And then it pauses at the perfect moment. Because it leaves screen and you're like, Q may or may not be able to catch that. I was like, uh, w- w- seeing the trajectory, I was like, oh, that's going to go right into Q's hands. I can't believe it. And when we say teases, by the way, that's like that. Goes to commercial. Go to commercial break. So it's like, it goes over his shoulder and it's like, da na na Joe's also been doing that all the time now in BTS, which is really funny. Yeah. BTS is like the behind the scenes where the, where the guys stand. Where the guys stand and it's just like something awkward will happen mm-hmm. and Joe will just go, 
which I love. I love that too. We, Cause we also do it in like our little producer's room. Yeah. Like it will be like, well, what if we did this? And then the guy had to do this and that. And then then and that. That's like how we pitch it sometimes. Yeah, it's like our yada 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 sometimes yeah. too. Where it's like, come on, you know, it's like the guy goes to the grocery store, then da na na and then refuse you lose. Right, right. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, we shave Q's head and then da na na na, it's a MERS wig. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny though that you mentioned the watermelon was your favorite thing because I'm a squash guy. That squash bit killed me. Oh, the I mean, you're see, this is where the sports thing comes. You love sports. There was an amazing instant replay of that squash ricocheting off the side. It was amazing. That was incredible. Sal was a real weirdo in that whole turn, though. It was fantastic. He him was and, yeah. Mur, him and Murr are my favorite team. I mean, it's Abbott and Costello. Uh, the odd couple. Yeah. 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 And, even better. It's exactly that. What they, are their names? Bert and Ernie? Who are the odd Bert couple? Bert and Ernie, the odd couple, right? Danny? Da- Danny Green is. Felix and Oscar. Thank you. Thank you. I knew you'd know. It's my favorite TV show. Favorite? After Impractical Jokers. That, that's right. That's right. I would kick you out of this office. <laughs> that was a test. How dare you? But they are the odd couple, and that's what's so fun about it. Like, you guys out there, you always hear it's like the guys pick on Murr, like Murr and Sal don't get along, which obviously, like, isn't true. They're like... It's half true. Well, like, yeah, exactly. It's like they're best friends, but they're the odd couple. That's what mm-hmm. it is. If I had to, like, crystallize it, they're the odd couple within the group of friends. If they lived together, they would drive each other insane. Yeah. Which basically they are together all the time right now anyway. I mean, you could bottle their squabbles. You could, you'd sell it at Lord and Taylor. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... And Lord and Taylor hated each other. I'm sticking to <laughs> that thing. Yeah, they are Lord they and Taylor. They were the original odd couple. But through this whole challenge, yeah. I mean, uh, Sal was such like a little baby. He was like, Murr, stop, Murr, no, no, Murr. But that's why it's perfect, because Murr's like, I'm going to win. And he's going like, yeah. to throw this over their shoulder. And then he, he just goes ahead and does it, no matter what Sal's saying. And it's so fun to it's watch. Perfect. And when he throws that squash over his shoulder and it bounces off of a part of the supermarket that I didn't even know was bounceable mm-hmm. or rubberized or anything, and it bounces into Sal's chest. And the look make, that Sal gives, it it's didn't fantastic. make sense. It did not make any sense how that would happen. Physics was like, you know what? We'll give them a break on this. I, I don't, it was, it was like our magic bullet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. We need oh the Zapruder film on that. I don't know how it got over there. I, you know what I think it was? I think it was the hair. The magic hair? I think the hair is just changing something in their vortex or reality that like, you know, it's like it should, that shouldn't be. Murr should not have hair. Mer Therefore, have hair. <laughs> if that's true, then when he throws a squash, a squash can bounce off of a hard object. Casey, you won't get this reference because you don't follow sports, but I, I perceived it as the immaculate reception. Uh, yes, Franco Harris. Murr, yes. Yes, uh, Pittsburgh the, Steelers. The Immaculate Collection? Is that the Madonna <laughs> greatest hits? Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh. Mm, Borderline is my favorite Madonna song. Borderline? Yeah. I, I think I'm getting to the groove. All right, Casey, I got to ask you this. The Jokers. Mm-hmm. If they were an artist, which artist would they be? Oh, so like, uh, like how I did the sports one with you recently? Like what athletes were they? Exactly. Okay, so this is what artist or what... And okay, not like great. a Picasso, not a Rembrandt. I'm talking <laughs> yeah, yeah, like music. Michael Jackson, Prince, a great. real artist. All right, who should I start with? Ooh, start with Murr. Okay, Prince. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to think a little bit. No, Murr, uh, okay, Murr. My first instinct is to somebody who's like a Kenny G, not just because he's, you know, mm. good friends with Yanni, but there's something <laughs> about him, especially with this new hair, that feels that era, okay? Yeah. Um, he's, he seems like sort of a smooth jazz guy. Cause that's also kind of the music he likes. He's a, he likes a smooth jazz. Um, but maybe there's somebody who's like a little bit 
kind of like that. You know, what? I'm going to give, I'm going to say that Murr is Dave Matthews. That's what I'm going to go. Dave. Yeah. Because I think he's, you know, he's got some crossover. He's not just in that, in that sort of jazz world. He can go a little bit pop. You know, there's people like him. I feel like he could get a cult following. He's playing colleges all over the country. Exactly. Introducing people to marijuana for the first time. <laughs> yeah. That's him. No. Dave Matthews. The Q. Okay, Q. Okay, so I immediately know who it is. It's Bruce Springsteen. That makes so much sense as soon as you say it. Right? All-American guy. Yeah. You know, like, I would say 98% of Bruce's audience is fireman, and that just seems right for Q. You know, like, he's just, like, all about Jersey. He's, like, he'd be, like, the Staten Island Bruce Springsteen. That's true. And he wouldn't really have to change his wardrobe at all, which is nice for him. No. He's kind of got that low register voice, too. Yeah. You know? I would love that. Like a five-hour Q concert down at the Stone Pony. Yeah. That'd be awesome. It would have to be on Staten Island, though. So it would have to be like the Lane Theater or uh, the St. George Theater. Yeah. there's We don't have real venues. It's just theaters and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. All right. What about Gatto? Gatto. Okay. So my first thing... Oh, this is my first instinct... Uh, it, it, I'm going to give you the genre first. I'm thinking crooners. I'm thinking Italian crooners. Oh, wow. But he doesn't drink. He's not a Dean Martin. No, Dean He's Frankie. Either. Ooh, Frankie Blue, Blue Eyes. That's what I'm saying. Chairman of the board. Yeah, bada bing. You know, that's what we're talking about. Oh. I, think, I think, you know, apparently he was a gambler. Yeah. You know, Joe Gatto's a gambler. I think that's perfect. I think, I think his, his mom would be really happy to hear that, too. That's nice. Leader of the Rat Pack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely leads this Rat Pack. Definitely. And then we got Sal. Now, as you know, Sal's a sensitive guy. Okay. Too much pride. Uh, He likes a good cry. Um, So, Sal, Sal, Sal. Um, Just thinking about what Sal likes, you know, he likes yacht rock, but he also likes hip hop. Uh, Maybe he's a little yachty. No. Um, (laughs) Let me think. Everyone's Googling Lil Yachty right now. No, I mean, you know, our fans, they know Lil Yachty. Uh, oh, man, this is tough. I, I actually think Sal is, in my opinion, he's a beastie boy. I think he's Ad-Rock. I think he's, he's like that because Ad-Rock also, like, he loved, he loves jazz. You know, he's like, uh-huh. he comes from that background. Like, he'd like to sample jazz and rap over that. He's, you know, he likes, um, like, kind of funk music, stuff like that. And that's, like, a big thing. Sal, he's also kind of hype in that way, but cool. Yeah. Very Ad Rock is very funny. Yeah, it's that's so that so that's a weird band because right now it's Dave Matthews, Bruce Springsteen, Frank Sinatra, and Ad Rock. What a group that is, huh? I said I'd see that show. I mean, where are they playing together? It's mean, a fight for stage time, though. <laughs> Sinatra and Bruce, two Jersey guys, by the way, which I'm very happy about. Mm. Murr with his hair right now looks like he hangs out a lot. Of Dave Matthews concerts. Yeah, that's true. That, that, and that's kind of, that went into the thinking of it. Yeah, definitely. Why don't you send us who you think the four Jokers are, which artists you think they are, and you could always hashtag Jokers Podcast, and I'd love to see what you guys think. All right, we broke down the challenges, and now it's time to talk about the punishment, and who better to help us but Chris O'Neill from Book of Mormon. He is the gentleman who acted in tonight's performance of Arabian Nights, and we got an interview with him. Please stay tuned for the Chris O'Neill interview. promise we've got broadway's finest book of mormon's own from the chris and paul show 
Ladies and gentlemen, Chris O'Neill. Hello, everybody. All right. Broadway's finest. That's right. I mean, you're going to be more known now as like the Aladdin type character (laughs) in Impractical Joker's version of Arabian Nights. Renegade typecast. Yeah, I know. I I, I want to call that out that we basically, you know, (laughs) ripped off. (laughs) If if you, (laughs) yeah, if you liked the storyline from last night, uh, Go check out Aladdin. You're going to love it. It's much better <laughs> Yeah, but that's, uh, than the play we did. Uh, Chris, thanks so much, by the way, for slumming it with us and oh, doing awesome. that in the first place. It was amazing. You were so good at acting in The Punishment. It was incredible. Like, Yeah, you brought so much for us, aside from just like your acting ability. Like, And that makes it seem like it takes a real thing and lets us like, you know, put our insanity on top sure. of it. You also, you brought in that whole crowd. Like people came to see you. Yeah. So if it bombed, it was all on me. So thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that was in your hometown, right? Yeah. 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 It's at the, uh, the community theater there, curtain call. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. They have a big following locally. So do you do a lot of shows there? I did way back in the day when I was like 16, 17. Um, then I moved to the city and, uh, yeah. It's nice to go back to my roots and yeah, say what's up. It's not too far away either, right? No, it's just like an express train away. So Joker's usually films within like the uh, Tri Borough or oh, what do you call it? Tri like, State. Tri State. Yeah, yeah Tri Borough. That's a bridge. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like Connecticut will film. We're going to Dover soon. We do Jersey a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we try to stay away from Staten Island just because that's where the guys get recognized the most. But sometimes we have to even do something there. Mm-hmm. I want to go into some of your training and stuff, but first I'd like to know how you got in touch with the Jokers and with the show. Uh, my brother introduced me to the show. Uh, he, he's obsessed. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. And then I got obsessed with the show and I was watching it. And one night on Twitter, I saw that Jay Miller followed me and I was like, oh, and I read his bio. I was like, oh, that's right. He's a producer on Impractical Jokers. Yeah. And I said, what the hell? And I just messaged him and reintroduced myself. And I was like, hey, I'd love to be a part of the show at any, you know, that's insane in, in any way possible. <laughs> that's like, so cool. And Jay is like the biggest Broadway fan. We should pull him in here at some point. Later. Yeah. But he's like oh, yeah. the biggest Broadway fan followed by me or Q. Q is also like, mm-hmm. I think Q said he saw you. In yeah, Book I saw of Mormon. Q. I remember a curtain call. Like he was like <laughs> right in the center. I was like, is that Q from the <laughs> Jokers? Yeah. So yeah. When he told me he saw the show, I was like, I didn't, I'm not crazy. But. And Jay's been responsible for, I mean, a ton on the show, but uh, specifically things, if you see something that's a little theatery, Jay's probably been involved. Like, like Q's um, theater punishment in front of all the firemen. Mm-hmm. The one where he has to, you know, kind of do that musical, the Q-sical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that punishment was Q basically had to, cold read a musical or like a play in front of all of his firemen. Like he was, you know, he was a fireman. Those guys are not the most theater going people and that's a tough audience. And then, so he had to basically sing and like sing, like cold sing, which is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was with uh, Alex Brightman mm-hmm. who was in school of rock. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Did that with oh, us. This is awesome. And then and this had a nice guy. And then, this, you know, tonight's the, the, well, the punishment for this episode had all that theater stuff. It, it was it was not a musical though. You realize right. that well, there was some music in the background. You know when when it was edited, but sure. it was a pl- more of a play. Yeah, the whole process is like actually kind of insane. So it's like with the other guys besides Joe, we had to plan his punishment, and then so we come up with this script, and we're just trying to figure out what kind of stuff he can bang into and knock over and ruin a play. But also we kind of had to write a play Mm -hmm. loosely based off of the story 
from Arabian Nights, which is not Aladdin. If no, you're not Aladdin. Disney people listening. This uh, show was like the opposite of what you should do as a show because it was <laughs> it was like here are lines, right? Usually it's like you memorize those lines, you have to get it right. It was like here are lines, but if you say something else, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like a few you had to say because that's like a cue to like right. throw him into something. It's like. Well, we want to have Joe be a human wrecking ball. How can we do that? Oh, why don't we do that at a theater? Okay, now what if we do this? What's the best way? What if we paint him a color, you know, like as a flying genie? <laughs> we're, we're dumb. Purple, I think, was my pitch. I was like, it'll be different from the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. Meanwhile, it looks blue on TV <laughs> yeah, and everything. That's I was true. like, oh, he looks exactly like that genie. Great color for musicals. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke rides a lavender pony in uh, Mary Poppins. Gorgeous. James, you know so much about musicals. Sports and, sports and musicals. <laughs> That's my yeah. thing. I, on the other hand, look nothing like Aladdin. I look like Aladdin if he let himself go. I was like, are you <laughs> sure that they're going to buy this? And No, yeah, they, you were fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you, so you were, you were fantastic. So now it's time. I'd like to hear a little bit of your training or how you got into theater to begin with. Yeah, I, uh, I was not doing very well in school, in high school. And my mom, I have teachers all throughout my family, so there was no like hiding from it. So they had a teacher meeting and... They, my mom switched me out of uh, Spanish class that I was failing, she put me in concert choir, which I was like, great, I'm going to get a lot of girls now. And uh, it was just awful for me. Um, but yeah, then I got introduced to just doing the spring musicals. And from there on out, I met my comedy partner, uh, Paul Valenti, and we moved to the city. We call, you know, dinky comedy clubs around town, pretend we were like managers. We're like, hey, I got this great two-man act. And they're like, yeah, great. Bring 12 people and, you know, bye. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's just like stand-up shows. Like early on uh, in stand-up, it's like bringer shows. Well, that's what we would do because wow. uh, the stage is pretty damn small. So we didn't have props or anything. And we were more jazzed about performing in the city. So we'd be on the train like, I can't believe we're going to do comedy in the city tonight. And we're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, I don't know. And so we'd like read our act and, you know, the show would start at seven. We get out at like 1230. And, and you just do it at a stand-up club? Yeah, we do it at like stand-up venues oh, all over the place. How would you describe that show if for people who might want to come out? What's the pitch? For our show? Yeah. It's like a kid's show for adults, basically. Oh, that's um, great. I love it's that. It's very, we, you know, we love Laurel and Hardy and all this old classic comedy. We use a lot of music. There's a lot of miming. And the endings are always... There's a there's a big twist at the, each sketch. So M Night M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, exactly. Does he direct it? <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, you know we lead you one way and then we switch it up and then we black out and keep going. But yeah, we're like, we're like two big kids on stage. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a crazy show, guys, ladies and gentlemen. We're joined right now by himself, Jay Miller. He was passing by our office uh, window and he's in. It's me. What's I'm up, working. Man? This is great. Hi. How's it going, What's up, guy? Hi, it's me seeing. Chris, for the first time since the shoot. That's true. So you look different. I know. I've gained a little bit. <laughs> we were just singing your praises. You, you're responsible for, you know, the musical and also this Genie Punishment. You're sort of like a musical director. Um, great. Who was singing my praises? Uh, we had three-part harmony. Oh, my yeah. God. I, can't I couldn't harmonize, but you know that. I'm a very bad singer. <laughs> Should yep. we try a little bit? Maybe Ooh. oh you you three should harmonize well, that would be good. I, I kind of like if maybe if if maybe Chris can give us a note. Okay. Jay, you'll harmonize and you do the third part. I don't even know what the third okay, part is supposed to be. Let's do it. I think that's perfect. Let's hit it. Me. Me. All right. There you go. I'll take that. Did you just do that note, or did he actually find? That, that we rehearsed this last night. This is, uh, <laughs> sorry, this is really good. Good job, good job. <laughs> I did what I thought I was supposed to do. That was good, and it was probably the best I've ever yeah. done. Right. But I, 
I wish, you guys are really good singers. All three of you are really good singers, Jay Casey and Chris. Oh, please, more. I wish this was a visual podcast because you closed your eyes <laughs> and you like put your chest into it like you were like like uh, bungee jumping or something. <laughs> you were like, me! I, so, many things, so many things need to go right for me to even be close to okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we were here to talk about me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, go back to your voice. Okay. Yeah. Jay's a big, you're a big wrestling fan and a good, big theater fan and the genie punishment was kind of a combination of both there's a little bit of both yeah yeah the yeah. first idea for the rope pull was to let's just have him go back a little and hit the back so maybe it'll like tilt and maybe knock over and it flung him back and then he wound up just grabbing onto everything and literally destroyed the entire set that first time yeah which wasn't really wasn't even what we had planned yeah and another thing i just remembered that harness he was wearing isn't supposed to go upside down. It's not supposed to flip him upside down. There's like two harnesses you can have. One is like for that kind of motion. Mm -hmm. And then there's this one, which is like when Joe went upside down in that punishment, he actually could have like slid out. Just to emphasize what you just said, (laughs) he was not supposed to go upside (laughs) down. And when he did... Everyone on on the crew had, oh, I think everyone's hearts had went upside down. And yeah. we were the closest ones to it. We, we were, were like right, right off stage. And we couldn't right. run out until the curtain went. But you had a thing where you're like, should I go help him? Because he's about to literally fall on his head. But, I mean, we're filming. I mean, the crowd <laughs> was shocked. I mean, it was funny yeah. because I remember when it started... I had a friend in the crowd and they said, yeah, there was this woman when, you know, the play started off. He's like, oh, what the hell is this? Because she was just like, what, what you know, it's my, my Friday night. What am I doing here? And once he gets started getting slammed around, she's like, oh my God, is he okay? And the whole crowd was like, there's that, there's that accent. So, see? Very nice. Island. You could channel go. it in. See? I could bring up, if, if I could bring up a fun thing that happened was in between each scene, uh, we had to rearrange the set. And I went up to you, I mean, it was maybe 10 minutes beforehand that I said, in between scenes, just go out there and uh, improvise. Yeah, it's like, what? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and you were like, what, what do you want me to talk about? And I was like, uh, just explore your character. <laughs> yeah, like, explore That's so your character. Funny. I'm fat in Aladdin. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's let's get a backstory. Here. Did we even give you a name that wasn't Aladdin? Do you remember what it said on the script? Taj. 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 Oh my god, that's so funny. I was like, no one thinks I look like a Taj. I'm like, I walked out there. I'm like, here I am, me, Taj. <laughs> Everyone just starts laughing. Like, what are you doing? What were your thoughts when Jay says to you, "Go out there and explore your character." You're in front of your hometown audience, so you don't want to bomb. But you're like, you know, and you're, there's also a television show filming. Right. Was that like a lot of pressure for you? I, I was just, it was just crazy. I mean, the whole night was just fun as hell. Um, okay. He's like, go out there and explore your character. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like Taj, here we go. And literally, the crowd's looking at me like, what? What? The, what are we watching? Because Joe just got slammed through everything. Right. Curtain. The curtains come down, and here I am doing a freaking monologue. What makes it? Uh, harder is that it's not a comedy exactly. show. Right. So yep. if we told you to just go out and improvise and be funny, that would be a lot easier than go out and seriously explore right. the character. Right. 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 I'm like, I'm, and it was funny because I was like, God, how long have I been out here? And I'm walking around. I'm like, God, the sand. So I don't know what I was saying, right. but it was like, all right, what else about the desert? I'm like, God, sun is <laughs> hot. And, and the crowd's just, I mean, talk about bombing. Yeah. That's yeah. the feeling you have when you bomb in comedy is That's like the crowd. 
staring blankly. That's true. That's a good point because that's, that's something to bring up is that we wanted it to feel like a real play. So, you know, we had improvisers up there. Um, right. Like everybody that was in our cast yeah. were improvisers, mm-hmm. but they were told like, do this as if it's a real drama. Yeah. So don't go out there trying to get laughs because it right. undercuts the punishment and yeah, the exactly. severity of it. That's like the weird thing when Jay says, it's like, you don't want the play to be a comedy because mostly when we shoot, like it's not supposed to be funny for the people in the moment. It's supposed no. to be funny for the people at home. Right. Later. Right. So it's like, yeah, it, yeah, the play was a drama. And then you just laugh at Joe at home when you see him crashing into everything and the play is going wrong. Right. But I've yeah, seen, yeah, I've like seen Gaia. comments. I've, I've seen comments about yeah. some of our punishments where people are like, I was in the audience and it was not funny. <laughs> like, and like, and then people are like, like, you know, fans of the show are like, yeah, that's because it was a punishment for a joker. Right, right. Like, you know what I mean? And they're like, wow, the editors are good. They made it funny. And it's like, no, because you don't know the backstory of why it's happening to them. Right, right. You know? But that being said, once you know, like for my job, when we're just listening to Chris monologue about the desert sand right. and talk about the moon, <laughs> it is the funniest oh. thing. Because I'm like, he's just pulling all this out of his ass. And like everyone's watching and they're like, yeah, this is making fun. I want to release that as a, a web extra yeah. of yeah. just <laughs> your... The Taj monologue. Just Danny your Green. Taj Chronicles. Danny Green, you're on it. Of improvising. I don't know what I was... I literally was just talking and just just hearing blinks. Just people just like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, Arabian Nights would never go well. The script that you two wrote for this for this play, it doesn't make any sense. There's no conflict. Well, Casey, like, you're wrong. It is a tight <laughs> no, script. Let me break this down. So at one point he goes, uh, Jeannie, I want to have a palace. Jeannie does as you wish. Jeannie, I would like a princess. Jeannie does as you wish. There's no conflict. And also, <laughs> who is this princess? Is just like, yeah, I'm in. I want to be married. Done. It's like the genie doesn't even want to be it's a the real most person. Yeah, yeah. Story ever. There's no conflict. Casey... <laughs> It's like you aren't even there. And yeah. I think if we're exploring characters, I think the real conflict comes mm-hmm. between a genie who is unable to fly without <laughs> affecting all the things around him, but also being great at what he does and being able to deliver those wishes perfectly. So it's that conflict of being perfect and imperfect this at the is, same time. This is a little bit like you. Oh my gosh. Jay, well, this is you. This is where the script came from. So <laughs> so just remember that when you say that it had no story. Uh, you're crying. You're saying that my life doesn't have a story. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it's a story that hasn't arked yet. Okay. And it, it, it will be. Just keep it time. Let us yeah. Know. It will have a happy ending because there's too much sadness in this first act. You know? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jay, you're in your second act. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so just right behind Jay, actually, like in our office is, you know, still we have the those boards that Joe knocked down. Yep. We kept a lot of the foam core boards that Will Thaxton, our production um, designer, designer, created. And that's the other thing is that not only did we make a play that like a, we made it look like a real play for an audience, we made it for one night only. And that's what's insane. There's all this work, candy glass, all this stuff that we make and we bring there and we, you know, we do blocking and tons of rehearsals and then it's just over and that never happens again. But all that stuff is made. Same thing with, um, when Q, uh, at, at, um, uh, Orlando Studios, uh, Universal. Oh God, yeah. The the cow, the whole thing. I mean, there's Corey Jade helped with that big time too, with choreography and then blocking and the sets. Will Thaxon was like painting in a workshop in Universal Studios for days to make this thing that was like an hour of filming and then it's done. It's insane. It's so cool. He, I mean, he's so talented. It took him. Will Thaxon made this cannon when we were in Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and the canon bit got cut from TV. It never aired. On it was TV. in the insider, but it's in like, the insider. Not, yeah, but yeah. it took them like a week to make this canon. And it just, it goes nowhere after that. And well, I remember just, when I got there, I was, I was definitely like, I was like, oh, wow, that's like a real set. I didn't know how elaborate it would all be, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a production for about a 15 minute you know, experience. The guy who was doing the, the wires, Brian, from mm-hmm. his company ZFX, he had such a blast because he was like, I've never got to do this before. Like, <laughs> his job is to make sure none of this happens. So right. he got such a kick out of being like, yeah. you know, we'd be like, can you like fling him this way? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's do it. What's that look in your eye? I know. As long as you guys are giving me permission, let's do it. It's like that cartoon thing of like, don't touch the red button. And then one day someone's like, just touch the red button as much as you want. And right. keep slamming it. Oh, it's yeah. don't cross the streams. It's Ghostbusters. <laughs> never cross the streams. Yeah. And you cross the streams and that's, what, that's, that's a great, ah. Uh, that's what we do. We cross the streams. Yeah, we don't talk about that though. <laughs> in the or, in the orange bathroom at North South Productions, that's a we often cross that's for the a streams. Different podcast. <laughs> that's right. Well, Chris, honestly, Chris, thank you so much for coming out and, yeah, and talking. I yeah. think I would love to just even if you were involved or not, keep talking to you about punishments. Yeah, anything. We'll have you back on the show for sure. I mean, I'm going to push for next season to have pretty much all musical punishments. <laughs> yeah. So. I think I need to be an impractical joker. I'll just be Taj. One day. Yeah. I mean, four yeah. guys and then Taj. There's going to be a day um, where, like, Jay writes a musical and you're going to think it's a punishment, Chris. And it's just going to be like this musical Jay wrote that he I'm wants like, oh, you to this be. This is awful. This is hilarious. He's like, nah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Where are the cameras? Where are the guys? It's like, yeah, yeah, just acting it. No, <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, here's the rehearsal schedule. Uh, well, Chris, is there anything you'd like to promote before we go? Maybe your Twitter handle and. Yeah. Yeah, you like can that. follow me at Chris O Show uh, on Twitter, and uh, yeah, and look out for the Chris and Paul show. Speaking of Chris and Paul, uh, once their once our show ended, uh, Chris and Paul actually performed for the audience because oh. we wanted to. We, we you know people came out on a Friday yeah. night. We didn't want them to feel like, hey, we did this thing and it wasn't real, and then good night. So we <laughs> want them to at least like get some entertainment. So those guys, uh, Chris and Paul, performed and were. So funny. Oh, I was man. so glad that I was able to like sneak out from wrapping up and, and watch you guys for 15 minutes. Yeah, it was fun. Well, thanks again, Chris. So that's yeah, thanks for having the me. The Twitter guys. one more time. Chris O Show. Jason, the Twitter. At Mid Evenings. James? At Mick James McCarthy. And I'm at Casey Just. All right, James, uh, I think we had an all star episode today. I, felt I can't great. believe we got to talk to Chris O'Neill. I can't believe we got to talk to Jay Miller. It's insane. <laughs> and I'm excited because next week's episode will be coming from San Diego at some sort of comic book fest. There's a big convention. Yeah, a convention of comic proportions. And we're going to have more stuff like that every week. We're doing this podcast every week. Guys. Every week. So subscribe because it, then it's going to come out immediately and it'll be fresh in your mind you'll watch the episode you then get over to the podcast and we break it down and give you all the behind the scenes yeah all right thank you guys so much (laughs) bye guys 